Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Amberman. Today, staying one step ahead of the Internet of Things. We just look for how the device communicates, figure out if that device is doing something that it should not be doing. Do you know your toaster might be talking to your webcam? Do you have any idea what they're saying? Well, more importantly, more seriously, the sensor on that power plant that you get your power from could be hijacked by cyber blackmailer and maybe one day the lights will go out. Ajit Theragarajan is the founder of Atomic Mole, which by the way gets my award for best corporate name of the summer. And he spends his time worrying about these issues and has launched a business to protect what people describe as the Internet of Things, the connection through the web of everyday appliances, machines, and devices that constitute the real world's connection with the Internet. We're going to talk with Eugene about why we should be concerned about the Internet of Things, but more importantly, how uh, a smaller business is able to cut through the noise and, and make a difference in this. Ajit, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, uh, Jonathan. Well, I know it was a little bit flippant, but this whole thing about connecting everything on the internet, it, it seems pretty risky. What are you up to and, and how are you rising above the noise to make sure people know about what Atomic Mole is doing? It, it is a tough challenge to, to rise above the noise at this particular point, in particular because there are so many cybersecurity companies out there. The way we differentiate ourselves is that uh, with, with the internet of things, obviously, there, there are a plethora of these devices in different flavors uh, that are available in the market today. And there are multiple solutions as well for securing uh, these devices. Uh, we have a unique approach where we don't require access to the device itself. Uh, we just look for how the device communicates, build a what is called a device profile, and then use that device profile to then figure out if that device is doing something that it should not be doing. So in effect, rather than having to deploy something around the literally billions of devices that are floating around the world with all these different ROMs built into them and so forth, you just say, you know, forget about that. We're just going to monitor whether things and how they change from the steady state of how they're supposed to behave. That is so absolutely I would, correct. I would like that as a CISO a lot. So you got to start up. You're emblematic, I think, of the challenge. You have a technology which makes a lot of sense to me listening to it. How do you get in front of a big company where, and I know you've been part of big companies, selling to big companies. How does a small company get in front of a big business and get them to overcome the prejudice against doing business with a smaller one? You, I mean, obviously, having referrals into larger companies is critical for us. We're looking into creating channel partnerships where... We partner with larger companies that don't have a similar solution and that we can then, you know, tag on to their product line. And also just being able to go and present at various conferences about what we're trying to do. And that gives us that extra visibility that we hope then, you know, uh, larger companies will take notice of, of our, innovate, our innovative technology and they will then come knocking at our door and asking for our solution. So I guess the good news and bad news here, it sounds like there's no magic bullet other than you have to have something that works and then you're just going to have to really grind it out to make people want to buy it. Absolutely, absolutely. And in particular, there's a lot of pressure from the larger companies because they will claim that they do everything and they don't need some other you know, small startup coming in and trying to disrupt their their position already in the organization. We've seen that with many of our customers where there is significant pushback because some large company is already in their network 
and they do not want somebody else coming in. Looking at your your experience being part of prominent larger companies, what made you want to leave the comfort of solving hard problems where you had a brand name and a bunch of people to throw at something to go off and raise your hand as a startup and say, hey, try me instead? It seems like it takes a lot of guts to do that to me. It does. And I think it's sort of built in my DNA. I mean, ever since I got out of school, I have been working at multiple startups, literally staying in a large company after an acquisition for a very short time and then moving on to a, to a next startup opportunity. I somehow seem to relish the risk reward, you know, ratio in some sense or factor in some sense. And, uh, and it's tremendously challenging to work in a small team where you have incredibly hard stretch goals and and trying to aim for the moon. Is it more satisfying, do you think? Uh, y there are days when, <laughs> when, when yeah. it is satisfying. There are days when you will just be beating yourself against the wall saying, why did I do this, you know? And uh, and yes, uh, it, it, you, you have those, those, those a combination of both those days. But I can tell you this, that when, when you have those satisfying days of of a few successes, however minute they may be, uh, that that there is no substitute for that. So share with me and share with all of us, give us an example of a moment where you had that success. What was it and how did it feel? Uh, I have to say our, our biggest uh, successful moment was uh, after nearly four months of trying to raise our initial seed round of money, we finally got in front of uh, Tedco and then made a, a really excellent pitch to them. And they, they really liked our, our story and decided to fund us almost immediately. And that was, I have to say, you know, a, a huge, huge, huge win for us. How did you celebrate? So uh, the three of us uh, who, were, who, who were at Atomic Mall at that time immediately went out and there was a small restaurant. We had not eaten the whole morning. So we, we had, we had a, a, a grand lunch, I would say. So now you know, if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, it's not glamorous, but it's fun. Absolutely. Well, Ajit, I wish you absolutely the best with Atomic Mole. I think that the problem that you're trying to solve is one that the nation desperately needs. And uh, well, I hope that we've helped raise awareness for your technology. Today. Thank you very much for having me here. And we want to say a special thank you to these show sponsors. What's working in Washington wouldn't happen without the support of other organizations here in town who want to make a difference by highlighting how a region grows. Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation, their business development team can help you find the best talent and ideal location and the latest in market and business intelligence. Your business starts with MCEDC. Connect with them at thinkmoco.com. And Tedco, Tedco invests in early stage and life sciences companies. It produces resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. Tedco's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.tedco.md. And Jones Lang LaSalle, they are a leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government contract, and their professional services industries. JLL strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.